So this is another episode of Balls Back. I am Matt Rigg, and with me again tonight, our friend, Ethan Hall. Ethan, how you doing? What's happening, brother? Glad to be here. You made it out of November. Not without some scars, though. Yeah, November was a bit of a rough month for me. You demanded some changes. That I did. Not to sound bitter, but yes, I did. When uh, we were through with our betting, you demanded that we made some changes to our betting patterns, the way we make picks at the end of the podcast. Yeah, it, it kind of dawned on me that uh, I was like, why am I so bad at betting? But then I realized how many money lines I threw in last year, just straight up, you know, pickums or whatever. We whatever. have a correction for that. We'll get to it a little bit later in the podcast, but... Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Tell the people how Nalu Threading in Costa Mesa, California, <laughs> how they treated you with your henna tattoo experience. Look, they couldn't have been more courteous, okay? Uh, we went in there... And Shannon was very nice, man. She was. I mean, talk about a trooper. She's expecting some sort of traditional... Most of the henna tattoos I've seen, they kind of start in the forearm and like start wrapping around your fingers. It's kind of like, you've seen a tribal tattoo on a guy, how it kind of wraps. Right, it's much more um, complicated. And we went there and she's, you know, she's like, why don't you go ahead and sit in this chair? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to lay down because you're getting, <laughs> you're giving me a tramp stamp. Let's be honest. She brought you to the table where they wax vaginas. Right. They brought you to the Brazilian wax tables. And that's fine. And I'm okay with that. And, uh... I gotta be honest. I got a power trip out of slapping your lower back and telling them where you need to be tattooed. Yeah. I didn't really get a whole lot of option in that. Uh, Crazy driver's seat power trip for me, man. Very much so. I guess the, uh... <laughs> I guess the peak season for henna tattoos is actually Coachella, the lady told us. Yeah, man, I didn't expect that. Yeah, we walk in December 3rd or whatever it was, and we're like, so... Uh, you guys busy? Busy with henna tattoos? Because <laughs> yeah. she was just like threading eyebrows before we walked in. Right. Oh, no, actually, girls usually come in here for a Coachella before the trip. We just rolled with it. Yeah, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but... I might be sealing this material, but Slipper of 50, I think we might have, uh, you know, gotten a happy ending. You are still a little bit. <laughs> As we were sitting there for a while, she was making the, uh, you know, your tattoo experience go down. And I send the photo live to listener Colin. <laughs> right. And he says, Ethan looks like he's about to get a happy ending. And I, was, <laughs> I said, that's probably available if he was to slip an extra 40 on the table, 50 bucks. Right, right. <laughs> If you won the bet, I could have seen you maybe getting a happy ending, but you're losing. <laughs> she should have given you the tattoo and then jerked me off. Well, the best the best part was, well, maybe not the best part, but uh, I was imagining me winning as well. And me giving you the henna tattoo of Rip City right above your asshole. Oh, so I was, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you too. So if I were to have lost, I was going to get the blazer tattoo, but I've gotten like that blazer, like yin yang swirl. Right, right. Portland. Yeah. Rip no, city. No Portland, just rip city, son. I kind of wish you won. Oh man, that would have been way more hilarious. Um, but instead I have a Lakers henna tattoo, a big deal. Anywho. If you want to see the photo. Hit us up. Uh, ballsbackpodcast at gmail.com and for the first time ever you will see this photo on Instagram at ballsbackpodcast is that at Instagram or just yeah I think it's on Instagram at ballsbackpodcast <laughs> hey maybe that's not the name 
We'll get back to you, but I'm pretty sure Balls Back <laughs> Podcast is a name we haven't posted yet. Yeah. Go ahead and take a look. It's phenomenal. She did a great job. Well done, Shannon. Should be up by the time you're listening to this. Right. All right. Well, I wanted to get into this a little bit last week. We didn't really have time for it, so I saved it for this week. I kind of want to talk about MVP odds a little bit. We're about 24, 25 games into the season, unless you're the Pistons and you played 20 games. Uh, before we get into the players that you think are probably going to win it, or maybe the best odds, this is a gambling podcast. What does MVP mean to you or better? How are you? How do you judge MVP? Do you think it's usually the best player on the best team? Do you think it's the player that if they were missing, as in like they weren't playing on that team and they were terrible without him, is that how you judge it? Is it just the best player in the league? How do you do it? Look, I think MVP is best player, period. Whoever puts up the best numbers all around is the best player. That's that's it. It's that easy. So you kind of actually regret that we look back in history and LeBron only has four MVPs. 100%. Kobe only has one. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's It's ridiculous. You can be on the worst team. If you have the numbers, you should win MVP. That's how it should be, period. The worst team, though? I don't think you really agree with worst team. I think you mean well, like... Well, I mean, yet you're not going to be an MVP player and be on the worst team because if you're an MVP player, you'd bring that team to a, to a higher standard. Exactly. So, but to prove my point, if you were on the worst team and you're scoring 60 points a night or whatever the fuck it is, you win MVP. And you're getting 15 rebounds, 12 assists whatever that's mvp material to me this is how you it's, end up with derrick rose winning an mvp steve nash too sorry absolutely I mean to off, no 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 it's all good it's it's just you know it's it's not about whether you're missing and then the team's bad who gives a shit show me your numbers show me your worth that's mvp to me that being said without even getting to the odds so regardless of odds not who you'd bet on who you think's gonna win i have a tie right now uh i have Giannis. Anthony Kumbo and Kawhi Leonard. Okay, so you think those are the two best players just playing basketball night to night in the NBA right now? Yeah. Um, I, I, you've heard me say it recently in the pod. Uh, actually, it's probably been all the episodes. I'd like to see Kawhi play a full slate of games, but actually looking at the numbers, he's missed a few, but it actually hasn't been that many, and he's been looking great. All right, let's talk about Kawhi, but just to set up the table for listeners, um, let's just go over the odds of all the players. So you say you have Giannis and Kawhi as your top two favorites. The odds go as listed, and there's some players here, so bear with me. Giannis is plus 260, not quite 3-1. to one. Anthony Davis is 5-1. to one. LeBron plus 550. You have a second tier here of Curry, Embiid, and Kawhi at 8-1. to one. You have Harden at nine to one, Durant thirteen to one, Lillard forty to one, and I tossed this in here because I think it's a little interesting. Maybe we'll talk about him in a second. Blake Griffin sixty to one, Ooh. and uh, just for fun, I got <laughs> odds on your boy Derrick Rose too. Whoa, what? Are you interested in that? Yeah, what are those odds? One fifty to one. No shit. You could talk me into throwing a dollar, maybe seven hundred to one. Like Ten twenty bucks. Seven hundred to one. Yeah, you're gonna give me that? Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> The way he's been playing. Back to your uh, Kawhi point. Yeah, uh, is ahead. that where you're going? Yeah, pretty, yeah. Um, I think he's actually kind of understandably going under the radar. Yeah, it is weird. Why is he? He's plus eight hundred. The deal is, that, yeah, I'm with you. He's not number one. I have Giannis with you. I'm 100. percent Giannis should be the front runner. Yeah. But Kawhi being plus eight hundred, 
sizably behind Anthony Davis and LeBron is, I think, the only, like, the flag for me. Right. And like you were saying, he's been not playing a full slate of games. I think it's kind of like almost a joke with us on this podcast that Kawhi doesn't play a full slate of games. He's not really playing back-to-backs, and that does matter. Yeah, I mean, if he does it too much, I mean, if he's if he ends up not playing 20, 25, 30 games, whatever it, it is, it matters. And that will, you know, that that will make me change my mind a little bit. To this point, he's played in 19 of their 25 games. The 19 games with him, they've gone 15 and 4. What I'm really happy about with Kawhi is that we got to see two healthy stars that put up comparable numbers in Kawhi and DeRozan get swapped for each other and they play similar positions. And so you see these two players that, yeah, they have similar numbers, but very different production or effect on the team. And I get that the counter would be that the Raptors were good way before Kawhi got there. So it's not like the Raptors are on some crazy wind pace that they would have never touched with DeMar. But wouldn't you agree that you kind of feel a sizable jump in their ceiling? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even against the best teams, you think like Kawhi, Giannis, you know, Kawhi's right there with them. They start playing the Sixers, even with Embiid, Butler, Ben Simmons, and it's like, damn, Kawhi keeps them in this. As opposed to if you're rolling in there with Lowry and then DeRozan, you kind of feel like, and they're playing against the Sixers, you think the Sixers might have the three best players in this series, which is strike one and two. Like, it's a problem. I mean... I think Kawhi still is a way better than way, way better player than Demar. Uh, Demar Derozan's fit in really well with Spurs lately, but I mean the Spurs are struggling. Not you know what I mean? They're not tearing it up. They're sitting yeah, around five hundred. Yeah, and I just think Kawhi is that much better. I mean, it may not be a huge, sizable difference, but I mean, it's definitely a difference, and they're doing a lot better because of it. How do we feel about Kawhi's New Balance deal? I mean, I could be wrong here, but. I would never buy New Balances just because Kawhi Leonard decided to sign a shoe deal with He's them. He's a fun guy. LeBron have a Sit, shot at MVP dude. for you? Uh, actually, I don't know. This actually brings me to my question because I don't think so. Um, he always has a, he always has a shot. I think LeBron always has a shot because he's the it, the best player. Of his time, it goes back to your original point. You said the best player should be winning, right? So yes, I think so, and I think he has a legitimate shot. But I don't know if they're going to give it to him. And that's actually my question: How is the MVP rated? For those of us that don't know, is it based on people that take their team to the playoffs and win a championship, or is it based on their numbers? Like I would like it to be. What is it? It's usually somewhere in between. If somebody is kind of new to elevating their team to some level or they're new to scoring 30 points and being one of the better defenders in the league, they are way ahead of the race to win MVP. But each MVP kind of comes with an extra level of difficulty to achieve it. So you win one MVP, you were the story of that season. That season, when we look back on it, when you look back on that Westbrook MVP two years ago, everybody yeah. remembers that first year he averaged triple-double. It's a huge deal. Yeah. The second season, he won, He averaged triple-double. Nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have to <laughs> add something, or your team has to take a jump. When Steph Curry won his first MVP, he kind of came out of nowhere, and everyone was like, damn, he's kind of like the surprise MVP. He's kind of changing the way the game's played. 
And then the next year he won MVP. They literally won 73 games. Right. So he had to take a, his team made a huge jump. Some years it might be the person with the best number, best numbers. Some years it might be the best player on the best team. Some years it might just be the person with the best story. It's hard to give credit to a player that, oh, so let's imagine this team without this player. And if they were to be very hurt by it, like is it, that's a benefit to the player. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of backwards thinking. Yeah, it really is. It's like, oh, this player is out and they're not doing that great, so it must be the player. Yeah, I get your reasoning, but at the same time, bullshit. If it came down to it, would you prefer Curry or KD for MVP? And this is kind of why neither of them can win ultimately because they're splitting votes, but... It's early in the season, but I get KD right now. It's Curry's been injured, and therefore KD's been... And KD's really been showing up. I mean, he's had, I think, 40 points in like four of the last five games, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. He's been doing really well. I could see a scenario where Curry could win it, in just that, I know that the Warriors have kind of turned it around lately, but when Curry was first out, um, you know, they were kind of sitting around 500. They lost three or so in a row without him. Yeah. But if Curry were to come back, like, ASAP, like, he has to be playing. Like, he can't miss many more games. And he just came back. He just went absolutely nuclear. And they won, let's say they won, like, 18 in a row. All of a sudden, he's the front runner. And maybe he takes that momentum all the way through the All-Star break towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and he could win MVP. Well, it's the same thing that happened last year with Harden, right? I yeah. Mean, Harden, he missed X amount of games. I forget what it was. I should know that. But, you know, he missed like, I don't know, 10 games, something like that. And Maybe it, more, maybe less. It did put him a little behind the eight ball. It did. Everybody was like, oh, Harden's not winning it anymore. I, I remember I was listening to podcasts, radio shows. They were like, oh, Harden's not in this anymore. He got injured. He's out. And sure enough, he came back and he's a fucking stud and won it. As he should. So, yeah, if Curry came back and he wasn't missing morning too many more games because if he misses too many more games, all of a sudden he's playing 50-ish games this year, which is a problem. But let's, yeah, for our argument, yeah. let's assume he came back. Yeah, right. The biggest problem is if he does come back, I don't think the Warriors really give a fuck about regular season accolades or even being the number one seed. I could see them absolutely cruising the third or fourth seed. And imagine giving the MVP to Curry or KD on this really stacked team with Draymond, Boogie, Clay Thompson, and you give them the MVP and they coasted for a third of the season. And <laughs> not only that, I would, would tell you that the Warriors' bigger picture is I think they're looking more so this season to keep Kevin Durant happy. Yeah. How stoked is Kevin Durant going to be with Curry coming in, them winning 20 games in a row in this scenario that we're painting. Right, right. Where Curry all of a sudden comes in and saves the day. Gets the Warriors off their skid, out of their turmoil. Not great for them, long-term keeping KD. Um, and I think that just it's just hard for teams that, they're championship-level teams, and they've already won two in a row. It's like, how many teams that are going for three in a row actually keep their foot on the pedal? Yeah. Not that many. Like, you think about LeBron's heat, like, even they won two in a row. Third year was, motivation was always an issue. You think back Shaq Kobe, they won three in a row. The fourth, they, fourth year wasn't even close. And they came back for the fourth chip with Gary Payton and Malone. And that entire team cruised the whole way because it was just filled with vets. you going back farther than that. I mean, Duncan never even won two in a row with the Spurs. So there's obviously some kind of disconnect there. Magic and Lakers in the 80s. I think they won back-to-back -back once. Never won three in a row. Let's get dark here for a second. I know we just talked about MVP. Um, I originally emailed you the show notes on Sunday. And I said, 
I can tell a coach is about to get fired really quick. We wake up Monday morning. Fred Hoiberg? Fired as Chicago Bulls coach. See you later. Who was my top nominee in the show notes? It was Fred Hoiberg. Good call. Um, God damn it, I wish we released our show Sunday Sunday afternoons. And we almost did. He he actually had a business trip coming up, and uh, it actually got canceled. So I thought we might have to release on Saturday a panic it podcast. It would have been perfect. Yeah, one of those uh, emergency, urgent podcasts, what have you. We had like a year and a half stretch where there were almost no NBA coaches fired because there was a whole new crop of talent brought in. I remember like in the summer of 15 or 16, there was like 10 or 12 new coaching hires. Yeah. And people were understandably high on the coaching hires. They're going to give them at least a year or two before, you know, they're kind of come up on the clock and where they have to start performing and potentially could get fired. And so I could just kind of feel in my bones that we are on the verge of somebody getting fired. And then there was that report that I read, I think, on Friday or Saturday from the Chicago Sun-Times that now that they got Laurie Markin and healthy and the Bulls were expected to maybe perform a little better. Well, he didn't get that chance even. Nope. They decided once Laurie's coming back, we're going to cut the cord. Yeah. Bobby Portis and Chris Dunn aren't even back for a couple weeks. I mean, I really like Wendell Carter, Laurie Markinen, and I think me and you both agree there's definitely more to Zach Levine's offensive game than we thought. Um, he's a bog, doesn't play the best defense. Yeah. <laughs> His assist turnover ratio is atrocious for a like a creating guard. I think it's like one to one. Yeah. But I mean, the guy's averaging twenty five a game, and he's not shooting below forty percent. Like it's not like he's the least efficient scorer I've ever seen. I mean, I grew up watching Iverson. I think the Jabari Parker signing was worth the risk somewhat. I don't know. Maybe. I think the bigger issue with the Jabari Parker signing was not... Because I saw it as, fuck it, nobody else is going to sign this guy. Nobody else is paying him. He's got some upside as a scorer. I mean, the guy was a former number two overall pick, and I could see him easily being a 20-point scorer in the league. At what cost? I mean, he's not helping the team so much. Yeah, I get that. It was a little risky, though. But I think what it is, especially because it was a two-year deal is it might have actually been showing us some of a signal from the front office that they had some expectations for this team. That yeah. they were willing to spend that on a free agent that wasn't just a one-year deal. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately why this came to a head and why this was a huge issue was me, you, most rational basketball fans thought this team was going to be a bottom five, six team, and they were gunning for another top pick. And obviously there was some kind of disconnect and if it wasn't on the court, maybe they weren't that upset with what was happening on the court. But, I mean, you know, you know, these are re- it's relationships. All yeah. of a sudden, if he's not getting along with his boss, why would he be there very long? You're not in any job you do. You're not going to be there very long if you don't get along with your boss. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest here, changing coaches with young guys is overlooked way too often. Um, Marketing is one of the best offensive rookies last year. Uh, Wendell Carter is solid off the jump and Levine is having his best season so far I mean they've all been good off the start and they've been plagued with injuries um and you could even argue that Chris Dunn is playing better than when he was in the T-Wolves it just shows dysfunction to be fired mid-season as opposed to the end of the year yeah it, it should definitely be at the end of the year let him finish out I mean you think you're gonna have a better record now because you have what's his name again Jim Boylan Exactly. Yeah. 
I think we had a little bit, we had a couple of false starts on other coaches. I mean, we had Luke Walton, who had that story earlier in the year. I mean, things have kind of chilled with Luke since that meeting he had with Magic, where, you know, he was supposedly kind of being scolded for his start to the year. The Lakers have gone 12 and 4 since that report with Magic. I mean, that's a potential off-season project for the Lakers. It's just not worth throwing a season in the trash. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean to hire a new coach. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, yeah, you said it perfectly. It's it's just dysfunction when you fire a coach midseason. I have another story that I just kind of swept under the rug that I just didn't want to give any credence to. Even a week ago or so, there was that Dave Yeager thing. Um, he was potentially on the hot seat because he wasn't playing enough of the young guys. Which didn't really make any sense because the Kings are off to a well above expectations yeah. <laughs> start. They've been doing great. I'm not even sure if you heard this story, but last week Dave Yeager kicked the assistant general manager out of practice. He wouldn't let him show up to practice because the AGM reportedly leaked the story that Dave Yeager was on the hot seat. I had a feeling you would respect that. That's 100% respectable. Sit. Get out of my practice, please. I originally nominated Fred Hoiberg as you know the next candidate to be fired, but because he was already taken from me. Wait, before I say who, I was going to say, who's your candidate to be fired next then? For my number one, I have Tom Thibodeau. Plays his guys way too many minutes. He's bringing in all these old vets from you know that are just kind of worn down. I mean, Derrick Rose has been overperforming, but you know he's been bringing in Jimmy Butler, who didn't even want to play there. He's just playing with a young Luol team. Luol Dang, Taj Gibson. He, yeah, he's playing with a young team, and I don't, I don't think he knows how to do it. And uh, he's very old school. And to be honest, I think Fred Hoiberg would be perfect for this team. Uh, it's a young team. Uh, it actually worked well in his favor. I wouldn't be surprised if the T-Wolves fired uh, Tibbs. So, uh, I don't know. I have him as my number one. Well, for my nominee, if I had to say who's going to get fired next, I think you're going to like this Um Scott Brooks for the Wizards, because obviously. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I mean, he was a below average coach for years when he was on the Thunder. The Wizards have just been not only bad, but it's you can tell there there's the toxicity with yeah. the team. There's a lot of leaks, um, a lot of losses just straight out of because of effort. Yeah. Did you happen to see the, uh, I saw on uh, Roto World today that there was a trade offer being floated between the Wizards and Knicks. Have you heard about that? Oh yeah, I have it. They're they're trying to trade John Wall for a couple of the young guys, aren't they? Yeah, it was um, rumored, anyways. Yeah. yeah, John Wall to the Knicks. This is from the New York Post for uh, Frankie Tilakina, Courtney Lee, and a first rounder and a second rounder. I mean, the Wizards would be so goddamn lucky to get a first rounder, a second rounder, and uh, Frankie Smokes. I mean, Tilakina, he was the eighth pick in the draft last year. So they all of a sudden get out from $200 million that they're going to pay to a guy that, I mean, it's John Wall's a tough pitch right now. He is a tough pitch, but also, I mean, he's still playing very well. Uh, and if the rumors are true or if, you know, if KD does decide to leave the Warriors and he does go to the Knicks, that might actually work out really well for them. That's a different K- story. It's a different story, but just real quick, KD, John Wall, Kristaps Porzingis. Whoever they get in a top five pick or something like that. Yeah, I guess they don't get really a first rounder anymore. But uh, Well, if they would have. But I think the trade, the the pick they were thinking about trading, I believe was 2020. So they would still have this round. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So, I mean, a first rounder. I mean, it could work out really well for the Knicks. 
as well as the Wizards. It could be a win-win for both. Yeah, that would be nice, but you're assuming in that trade that KD is there. Yes, the 100%. big problem with that, Wall. That's a huge if. I mean, yeah, the big problem with Wall is him being your best player, or at least thinking he's your best player. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm gonna go ahead and take the next one, and maybe the last one. I don't know if you have any more, but this is actually kind of a hot take for our next hot seat of coaches. I have Mike D'Antoni. That is hot. Yeah. Uh I mean, I think he's got a pretty solid position there in Houston, but I think if they barely squeak into the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs, he might be gone. It's understandable. I, yeah, this is a very, very rough start. I know it's very early in the season. I, I shouldn't say very early. It's, you know, a little, about a quarter way into the season, maybe a little bit more. But I could see him getting canned. If they miss the playoffs, I don't even think it's hot. There you go. All right, let's get into our next segment here. Uh, I'm going to let you run it. You're our expert from hairlines to airlines. Take us down the hall. Let's hear it. Y'all know I don't stretch. Anybody pay attention to Viking football? 84 don't stretch on game day. First off, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, I don't know how you kind of just pushed this up on me, but it's actually not going to be called down the hall. I don't know where the fuck you got that from. This is uh, actually lecture hall. Now, here's the deal. I like that. Yeah. Things are not always the best way, and they're not always the right way, but they're for sure the hallway. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right? So are you branding right now? Absolutely. And guess what? This is the lecture hall. Now, here's what's up. I'm driving a lot for a living, and... I drive in California, and I have a very big issue with motorcycles. Now, motorcycles always be playing the victim, okay? I move over. It's a three-foot thing that you're supposed to do or some shit like that. I think that's for cyclists, but let's just say it's for motorcycles. I get over 10 feet, and I can't even get a wave they're throwing waves at each other like it's going out of goddamn style. I know they can goddamn do it. You fucking respect me, and you give me a wave when I got my hazards on, and I'm over in the fucking... You go out of your way and do dangerous shit on the road. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you hit your emergency lights and, like, swerve older the shoulder, and you say, I better get a goddamn wave. And I don't. And that's the main issue here. Now... That being said, motorcyclists out there, let me know what's up. Why the fuck aren't you waving at me? Paulsbackpodcast at gmail.com. Now said, and that's lecture hall. Thank you, Ethan, for your insight and wisdom. I don't know what we do without you. It's the least I could do. Last month, or at least since we started the pod, we've been making three picks per episode. All those picks being against the spread. Last month, I won 10. Ethan got seven. And that's why you have a Lakers tramp stamp. On your lower back. Yeah, I mean, I think we can move on and, uh, you know, put this all behind us. And for me, it's actually literally behind me. So let's leave it at that. Ethan wanted to quit the show because... I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I wasn't that happy about it. Ethan was not particularly impressed or pleased that we did not incorporate parlays into our picks. Separates the men from the boys. So, this month, and potentially going forward, we'll see how it works out this month, we will still be having our three picks against the spread like before, 
but we will also be incorporating a fourth pick that will be a parlay, but it comes with some rules. The parlay is a money line parlay, so no spreads, just winners and losers, and the odds that come with that. Mm-hmm. It is to be between three and five games, and the value of the pick, so I mean how much it's worth to us in our monthly bet, how much it's worth you know, every week, is equal to how it would pay out. So if you were to put the parlay together and the parlay's odds altogether is plus 300, that's worth three. If it's plus 500, that's worth five. Plus 100, it's worth one. Right. And so we'll round it. So if something's worth plus 250, for example, it would be worth three. Plus 245, it's worth two. To make it a minimum, so if something was to pay out and be worth just one, it needs to be at least have higher odds than minus 150. So if it was minus 125, that's cool. We're going to count that as one. If it's minus 160, though, it's too weak of a parlay. To be honest with you, I think it's actually going to be awesome because I think it's going to add a lot of strategy for us going into the month. Like Towards the end, if you need a lot of wins to catch up with me, you'll be able to throw out a parlay that probably has no chance, but in your head, you'll probably think it does. <laughs> um, or you can kind of play it safe and just kind of build up as you go. That makes sense to you? It does. All right. So I'm going to just make my first three picks against the spread, and then I'll tell you my parlay pick. Okay. Uh, first, I have the Lakers minus eight at home against uh, San Antonio. My second pick, I have the T-Wolves minus five at home against Charlotte. And then my last pick, I have the Sixers plus six in Toronto. The Sixers are actually one of the worst teams against the spread, but I think this is kind of actually going to end up being a statement game for them. Uh, Toronto's played a relatively soft schedule to this point, and I just like the points in Toronto. T-Wolves minus five at home against against Charlotte. I feel like it's just kind of a small spread for a West team playing against an East team at home. Minnesota's actually been a little better than people think. 13-11 against the spread this year at home, 9-5. and five. And then the Lakers minus eight. Not much really to say other than San Antonio has actually already beaten the Lakers twice, so I think they're going to have a little bit of motivation. But San Antonio has lost 10 of the last 14 games. Not exactly coming in, um, firing all cylinders. For my parlay, I'm going to take the Warriors against the Cavs. Pussy. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, the Wizards against the Hawks. And the Thunder against the Nets. So those are all money line. No spreads involved. That pays out at plus 125. So it's just going to be worth one for me. I mean, at least if the Wizards are going to beat anybody, it's going to be the Hawks, right? So for my three teams, I have the Clippers minus one away against the Grizzlies. Uh, I have the Nets plus seven against OKC. Nets are home. And I have actually the Pistons plus seven and a half against the Bucks. Bucks are home. I thought about that one. Yeah. I. So my reasoning with the Clippers, they're both healthy teams. Uh, the Clippers and the Grizzlies, both healthy teams. I think the Clippers have been outstanding so far. I think they'll easily beat the Grizzlies. We'll see how that goes. Some Grizzly hate. It is, but rightfully so, uh, obviously. I have Nets plus seven. That's. I think OKC is actually going to win this game, but plus seven is too much for the Nets because the Nets just cover all the goddamn time. I don't care what the percentage is. And uh, Pistons Bucks, I just threw that out there. I think the Pistons are capable of covering seven and a half. So for my parlay, I have OKC over the Nets. I mentioned that just a second ago. I have OKC beating the Nets, although I think Nets are going to cover the spread. So 
I have OKC. I have Hornets over the T-Wolves. I have the Raptors over the 76ers. And I have the Clippers beating the Grizzlies. That pays out at 775 plus 775. So that's worth so eight. So that's worth eight points. So You've always been big dick energy with your parlays. That I have, man. And good luck because you're fucked this week. I can only a maximum get four points this week, but you could get up to 11. There you go. So sit. And also, we are coming up with a new bet this month. Email so, us in. Email us in. I was just about to say we're working on it. We don't have the most creative minds, so please email us at ballsbackpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ballsbackpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us for the very first time on Instagram. Be our first follower. It's Balls you Back. just might be our first follower. Absolutely. It's Balls Back Podcast. Uh, name might change in the future, but for now, it's Balls Back Podcast, and that's on Instagram. One more time. Damn it. Ballsbackpodcast at gmail.com. Motorcyclists, I love you. That being said, give me a wave every fucking once in a while, please. I can tell you're a little pissed we didn't get any emails this week. Yeah, well. We didn't get any emails about maybe somebody we missed during our alpha hairline debate last week. <laughs> maybe this week we should get a... Maybe there was a coach we missed. Yeah, absolutely. That should have been on the hot seat. Maybe you want Ethan to explain why Sicario is the best movie of all time. Oh, yeah. That'd be a good rant. Thank you, Ethan. I appreciate you. I will talk to you next week. Absolutely. Good to be here, brother. Have a good one.